on today's message. God, God is so good. Ezekiel 37, and we'll, you could be sitting, you were standing there for a moment, and let's read the Word of God together. I'm going to be in two particular texts this morning, Ezekiel 37, verse number four, and then we're going to jump to Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we're going to read there a, a verse about how powerful God's Word is, and today, uh, last week was kind of part one where I talked about the power of God's Word, and so we're going to read this together here. Ezekiel 37 and verse four, if you're there, say, I'm there. You're like, it's on the screens. Here it comes. (laughs) Okay. You can open your Bibles. Also follow with us on the message. Here's what the Bible reads. And again, I want to talk about the power of God's word. We're in this series called The Comeback. And the whole premise of this series is we got to recognize that this year is not going to be a setback, but we're going to come back to what God has for us. And, you know, you need to know that the devil doesn't fight you because of who you were. The enemy always fights you because of who you're becoming. Okay, he's always fighting you because of who you're becoming. And we're going to read how God is going to build us through his word. And here Ezekiel says this, and the context says Ezekiel is prophesying to a defeated army, and there's a valley of dry bones, and here's how the bones come to life. Then he said to me, the Lord said to Ezekiel, he said, prophesy to these dry bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Say this and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now jump with me to Hebrews, and here's what Hebrews says about God's, God's word, and I'm really uh, thrilled to teach this today. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, I apologize. The Bible says this, says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Someone say God's word is alive. God's word is living and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. I want you to notice in one piece of scripture, he said the word of the Lord would make the dry bones come alive. In the New Testament, the Bible says the word of God will be able to put together every joint and marrow, dividing the soul and the spirit. And I want to talk to you today about how God's word puts us back together. When it seems like a world is falling apart, what's going to put us back together is not a fortune cookie quote, it's not some television program, it's not some political party, it's the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Okay? I want to talk to you today about this here. Okay? This right here. It's my Bible. Okay? I want to talk to you about this, the Word of God. Because there are books that will impress you, but only this book can change you. This book right here, in it are the pages, are the portrait of who God is. And I want to talk to you about how God uses this. And the title of my message today is God's Word Gives Life. Let's pray one more time. Would you bow your head? Father, I thank you today. Lord, speak to us through your Word. People did not come here today to hear the Word of man. They came here to hear the Word of God. And so, Father, I'm asking you that you would visit us. In fact, not just visit us, reside, dwell in us, Lord. And God, may your word come to life and let it breathe life to every man and woman, every marriage, every single person, everyone who came in here heavy-hearted, those that came in here celebrating a season. God, may we always reflect upon the goodness of your word. Give me the grace, God, to communicate your word to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. Come on, tell someone next to you, just say, I'm building my life on God's word. Say that, I'm building my life. Come on, tell them, I'm building my life on God's word. Now, as we talk about God's word, I want to talk because not everyone will agree with you on the 
power of God's word. And in life, there are a lot of things that are debatable and some things that, in my opinion, are undebatable. There's no debate to it. Like, you can debate if Southern California is the best place to live on planet Earth. You can debate that. You know, somebody like, I like more of the country. It's cool. Or I like more, more of the, the, the Midwest. Or that's cool. Go for it. I like the beach. Come on, somebody. All right? So, but that's cool. Somebody like, well, I don't like the taxes. All right, hold on the conversation. But, you know, we can, that's debatable. Um, we can debate whether my Lakers are going to be a new dynasty for the next 10 years. You'd be like, no, I don't know about no Lakers. No. So we can debate that. You can debate whether my Dodgers will make a comeback. And uh, let's not talk about that. All right, so, you know, we can debate sports teams. We can even debate food, whether or not you think sushi is good, not good. We can debate how people like to mix funny stuff in their food. Like some people like to mix ketchup into their rice. I, I just debatable. I don't know about that. So I even looked up some stuff. People like to eat French fries with ice cream. People like to eat peanut butter with pickles. I'm like, okay, y'all crazy. Come on. All right. We can debate, you know, what, what type of food you like or how you like it. All of that is debatable. And we can have conversation and, 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 and you know, we can just go from there. But one thing that is undebatable, one thing that is undeniable, is that God's word is the power to change someone's life. Can I get an amen? It's undebatable. And you might say, well, even if you're not a person of faith, you cannot deny that the Bible has changed more lives than any book on planet Earth. There are 16,000 books that are registered in the Congress of Library, but not one of those books has changed as many lives as the Word of God has. There are a lot of authors out there. You can read J.R.R. Tolkien. You can read, uh, you know, uh, J.R. Rowling, and you can read all these books, and all of that might impress you, but again, only the Bible can change you. It has changed more lives. It has, it has brought to life more marriages. It has, it, has, it has broken more addictions off of people. It has brought more of who God's is into people's lives. Why? Because it is the inspired word of God. Now you might say, why am I saying all that? I'm saying that because when God spoke to Ezekiel to bring life to what was dry, he didn't tell him to read the, to tell the bones a lullaby. He didn't tell, he didn't say, take the dry bones on a vacation. He didn't say, take the dry bones on some time off. Take the dry bones and relax. He said, no, Ezekiel, prophesy the word of the Lord. What's going to bring America back to life is going to be the word of God. Can I get a good amen in the house of God? Come on, somebody. The word of God is what is needed. And, I, and I'm going to tell you again, my, my whole posture for this message is I, I want, I just feel the Lord tell me, I want to get you to fall back in love with this right here. This right here. I mean, I, my goal and my, what's my prayer request is that you fall in love with God's word. That you're like, God, I, I just, I need your word because God's word brings life. You see, the word of God is the chain breaker. God's word will break every chain. God's word will break whatever habit is weighing you down. God's word will break every, every generational stronghold. God's word today will break your past. God's word will break the power of sin. God's word will break whatever confusion. God's word will take away the power of Satan. God's word is what gives us hope for eternity. God's word is what gives us no fear of death because we know that if Jesus rose, we too can rise again. God's word is what keeps us anchored and founded because God's word will endure forever. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35 says it like this, says heaven and earth will pass away, but the Bible says my word will never pass away. Everything will pass away. Governments are gonna rise, they're gonna fall. Fads are gonna come in, they're gonna go out. 
Remember when the mullet was in? Just kidding, come on. Fans are gonna come in, they're gonna go, all right? They're gonna come and go. What's popular today is gonna be unpopular tomorrow. Opinions are gonna come and go. All of these have an expiration date, but the Bible tells us is that his word is going to endure forever. The Bible tells us that, that even if people might not see it, his church is going to last forever, his word is going to last forever, and that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because his word will endure forever. Now, this is so important. Again, now, why am I laying this foundation? Because this is how we're going to bring things back to life is by putting our trust inside of God's word. Because God tells Ezekiel yet again, he says, speak the word to these dry bones. In other words, what will be brought to life has to start and be founded on the word of God. Anything that is not founded on God's word always results in spiritual death. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy the word of the Lord. Prophesy, speak God's word. Put it in your mouth. Because what's going to bring breakthrough, Ezekiel, is what you speak to. So whatever Ezekiel wouldn't speak God's word to would never come back to life. Whatever Ezekiel didn't live by God's word will, would never be put back together. And if we're going to be a church... If you're going to be a, let me just personalize it. If you're going to be a family, not just of inspiration, but transformation, then you're going to have to get God's word in your mouth. If you come to church for just a motivating speech, you're going to be let down every Sunday. If you approach the Bible just for a little pick-me-up, it's going to be different. But if you approach God's word saying, God, I want to be transformed. I want to be changed. I want to be renewed. God, I want, my, I want fear to leave. I want addiction to leave. I want, I, I want habits to leave. I want strongholds to leave. God, I, I want to find my future. I want to find my decision. I want to find wisdom. Then when you come to God's word, it will bring you to life because the Bible is alive. Can I get an amen? See, when God told Ezekiel to speak his word, here's why, write this down, here's your first point, I got a lot of notes to cover here, so stay with me. Here's why, is because here is the theological truth, God's word brings life. Can you say that with me? Say, God's word brings life. God's word brings life. Now, this is why, listen to me now, this is why there is so much attack on God's word, right here. We live in a culture where you could say anything. People applaud it. But when you start talking about God's word, people look at you with the, with the squeaky eyes. I got to bring that up. You know? Because God's word brings life. It is, it is powerful. And our culture today will have you talk about anything. You could be loud about sin. You could be loud about the over-sexualization of everything. You watch a commercial. It's like, it's just toothpaste. Why has it got to be all that? You know? You, you, they, you can magnify, you know, shell and all of this stuff. And, and, and you know, all, all, what people do for likes on social media is crazy. But have you figured out when you post a verse, you don't get a lot of likes? People pretend like they didn't see it. <laughs> you know? But, but why is that? Because there is an attack of Satan on God's word. Now, I know this may not be popular, but I got to tell you, America was not founded on opinions. It was founded on God's word. Come on, somebody, let me get an amen, okay? Now, of course, there's sin and there's brokenness, but if we're gonna see revival, we gotta get it back to God's word. Can I get a better amen? 
In fact, here's how the Bible says it in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34. It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns its people. That what is going to bring a, a nation back into an exaltation, and I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking about every nation around the world, is that when it brings righteousness back to the forefront, is what, what is righteous is to be in right standing with God. It's to live according to God's word. And I'm praying that America would come back to righteous living, that families would come back to right. I wish I had at least four claps from a mom or a dad or a grandfather or a grandmother that said, we need a nation to come back to the righteousness of God. Are there still any preachers of righteousness? What is righteousness? It's to be in right standing with God. It's this sin condemns a nation and and we want to see sin come to an end we want to see racism end of course we do we, we want to see abortion come to an end we want to see division come to an end we want to see you know sin come to we want to see addictions come to an end we want to see the exploitation of children come to an end we want to see sex trafficking come to an end we want to see violence come to an end we want to see the, the, the kingdom of hell come to an end but it's not going to come to an end by us quoting fortune cookies or arguing or giving opinion we must come back to the principles of God's word. Can I get a better amen in the house of God? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns it. See, we, we gotta come back to righteousness, righteous living. God, I wanna be in right stand with, with you, but how can you know righteousness if you don't know God's word? You see, you may say, man, this guy's fired up. Okay, let me calm down. All right. They gave me a coffee, a big old one in the morning, some big old coffee, oh yeah, boom, come on somebody. All right, so listen. How we know what is righteous before God unless we don't know God's word. This Bible is to make us right before the Lord. And, and, and this Bible, listen to me now, is the moral compass of humanity to make you right before God. See, the devil, if he keeps you away from this book, then he keeps you out of right standing with God. This is the moral compass. This points us to get right with God. Now, let me do this quick exercise, okay? When I count to three, I want everyone to point where you think north is when I count to three. Ready? One, two, three, point. Okay, stay, keep your finger up, keep your finger up, keep your finger up where you think north is. Okay, look around, look around real quick. Look where everybody's pointing. Some people are pointing that way. Someone's pointing towards Disneyland. Someone's pointing that way. Someone's pointing this way. Okay, just keep pointing, keep pointing, keep pointing because we're going to have some fun real quick, okay? So I told you, church is fun. If you don't have fun in church, then you're not having fun. So I got a compass on my phone because there's an app for that. Keep your, hand, keep your hand up. Here's north. You ready? Okay. North is actually that way. Right there. So hold on. Keep pointing. Keep pointing. Keep pointing. Okay. Keep pointing where you're pointing. Here's the problem. We live in a nation that everybody thinks what is right. And so everyone's given their own opinion. This is the way to be right. This is the way to do what's right. This is how you do marriage. This is how you do manhood. This is how you do single season. This is how you do business. This is how you do life. This is how you do the world. This is how you do family. This is how you do your gender. This is how you do your mind. And God says, no, 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 no. You did not create you. God says, I created you. And righteousness will exalt a nation. And God says, this tells you what is north. This tells you what is right. And this releases the blessing of God. I wish I had somebody who loved God's word. Say, God, I'm going to build my life upon God's word. Say what you say. I'm going to build my life on God's word. 
So why is it important to know God's word? Let me talk to the men. Fellas, you lead your homes. You're married. You better get this in your spirit. And you tell them, children, it's not my word. It's God's word. This points us north. This points us to where the north of where God is. This right here, God's word, encourage us. Young person, young person, single person, build your life on this word. I don't care how cute he is. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you got game, okay? Come on, somebody. You need verses, not voices, okay? You need this right here, God's word. This will teach you. This lays out all of our life to establish what God has called us to be. Because the biblical detriments is there are some who despise God's word. They look down on it. There are some who deny God's word. They don't believe it. There are some who distort God's word. They twist it to believe what they want to believe. There are some who dissent God's word. In other words, they cut out parts they don't like. They treat the word of God like a buffet. I'll take a little bit of this. None of that. A little bit of this. Come on, son. Okay. Dis- others that will disregard God's word. But we need men and women in today's day and age who will delight in God's word and will defend God's word and will be dedicated to God's word. Can I get a better amen? You see, God calls us to live by this. Why? Because Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, again, I'm trying to get you fired up for God's word. I want you to leave this service. I want you to live your life every day saying, God, I need your word in my mouth. Because there's a reason why God wants you to live in his word. And I'll get to that in a second. I'm just laying down a foundation. La fundacion. Stay with me. Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name. Someone say Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No other name. Say it when we say no other name. Say it again. Say no other name. You see... Nothing will change or bring salvation but the name of Jesus, which is his word. That's it. Nothing can change the sinful human heart but Jesus Christ. Please hear me, hear me out here. Nothing. Nothing can change the sinful human heart but Jesus. Nothing. Not opinion, not arguing, nothing. And we live in a nation right now, and I got to speak to the present giant that is divided. Everybody has their point of view. And listen, I get it. Certain things are debatable. You don't have to be a Laker fan. Everyone has their right to be wrong. Just kidding. Come on, somebody. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's a little, comes out sometimes, right? Okay. Whatever. But when I'm talking about foundation to God's word, nothing can change the human heart but Jesus. And when I look upon what's going on right now is... The metaphor I gave, and I want to bring it to remembrance here, is it's like a sink that's full of dirty dishes, but the sink is broken. And in a lot of ways, we have people arguing about the dirty dishes when the sink is broken. The heart is broken. It's no time to argue about who didn't wash the dishes. It's time to fix the sink. Someone say, fix the sink. And the only thing that will fix the sink is Jesus. Preach Jesus, declare Jesus, tell people about Jesus, pray in Jesus' name, put your your face, not on on Facebook, but God's book, Put, put your prayers and your trust in Jesus. That is where my allegiance is, that is where my life is, because God, I need you to fix the sink. Someone say amen. 
Now, why am I saying that? Because did you know in the Bible, okay, some of you are like, man, that was, that was some turbulence there. Okay, let me, let me, let me bless you now, okay? So here, there are 7,000 promises in God's Bible. Some will say 7,000. 7,000 ways that God says he promises not just to bless you, but to guide you and provide for you if you trust in him. And all of these promises are for you today. The promises of God are yes and amen. If you feel lonely today, here's one of God's promises. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you sinned and you walked in here and you're like, Pastor, I messed up so big this last week. I don't, I think, I don't know how I can ever get my life right. I have good news for you. God says he takes your sins and if you repent of them and he casts them into the deepest sea as far as the east is from the west, never to be seen again. And God is not like an ex. He will forget. Come on, somebody. He will forget it. If you're depressed and you walked into this place, the Bible says God is the lifter of your head, that he will pick up your head and actually that literally means that God will grab your head and pick it up and tell you, I'm with you. If you walked in here discouraged, God tells us that if God is before you, who cares who's against you? What do I'm trying to tell you is God's word is our hope. Come on, say amen. But we must read God's word so that we can be encouraged by what God has for us. Jesus said like this in Matthew chapter four and verse four, he says, Jesus answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes where? From the mouth of God. What is that? That's in God's word. Now here's what Hebrew says, and I want you to write this down, point number two, quickly, quickly. God's word is living and powerful. Ooh, I can't wait to break this down. Stay with me here. I got plenty of time. God's word is living and powerful. Let's read Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful sharper than a two-edged sword. It says, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I wanna give you four effects of God's word. Let me teach. I love to preach, but let me teach, okay? Professor, here I go. Number one, here's the four effects of God's word. Number one, write this down. The first effect of God's word is that it's living. The word of God is living. It's alive, it's living. This book right here, it's not just a bunch of you know, letters on pages, but the Bible says this book is alive, it's living. This is the only book that you don't read it, it reads you. When you start reading this book, you'll start crying, oh my God, you know. You read this book and it will correct you. Oh snap, I did that last week. This is the only book that begins to read you. It begins to speak to you. It begins to even cry with you. You read through Lamentations. You read through Psalms. It begins to correct you and guide you. This is the only book that's alive. Now let's think about that for a moment. Because when we think of something that's alive, don't we normally think of like a human or an animal or, you know, Fido running around or, or you know, I remember when we had a dog, but we had to give it away. Um, because it was driving me crazy. Every Sunday it would run out. And I'd be like, I can't deal with this dog running down the street right now. Come on. I'm like, why are you trying to leave? I feed you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take care, I shower you. I would not be running from that. I would be staying. What is wrong with you? And he thought it was a game. Every Sunday, I'm like, you know what? It's time for you to go. I need to be in victory at church. Come on, somebody. I love him though. I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. Amen. All right. If you have a, tra- I'll take a train dog. But anyway, all right. anyway, so all right. Hallelujah. 
I got four kids. I already have a puppy. I changed his diapers. You know what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, when you think of something that's alive, you think of like an animal or, or, or a plant. But when we think sometimes of the Bible, we think of it from an antiquated perspective that we almost look at the Bible like a piece of art, like, oh, that's, a, that's an antique. That, that's a history book. Let me, let me read about the history. Oh, look at that. Wasn't that amazing what happened? And, and wow, wow, incredible. The genealogies begat, begat, and begat, and begat. Okay, cool. And, oh, okay, oh, look what Jesus did. And we tend to look at this book like, like it's a history book. But God says, no, no, no. You got to look at this book like an avocado tree. Because I know y'all like avocado. Who pays extra for the guac? Raise your hand. Come on, somebody. All right, add some guac. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Avocado tree. It's alive. It's living, the Bible says. That when I open this book, I got to look at it like, why are you going to the Bible? Because I got to get me some fresh avocados this morning. I remember my neighbor had an avocado tree. I'll just leave it right there. Come on, somebody. All right. I said, whatever's over this line, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's over that line, I'm just saying it's on my property and it fell right. The, anyway, all right. So come on, I'm trying to get you to fall in love with God's word. Is I got to approach it like it's alive. And every morning, his mercies are made new. It means it's sprouting for me something, a nourishment for me to pick so I can come alive. Say the word of God is living. In other words, it is not dead. It is not a history book. It is not an antiquated relic. It is not a piece of art that we just put on the wall and say, look at Tanchilo, how beautiful. I have a Bible on my, on my oh, look at this, nice. I have a Bible right there. You know, no, it's, it's alive and it's, it's living and I have to come for it for life. That's why Jesus said you can't live by bread alone. And some of us have, I, I eat a lot of carbs, so too much panduza. You can't eat by, by carbs. You can't eat by carbs alone. You've got to live by the word of God because this word it nutrates my soul. This word, it gives nutrients to my spirit. This word makes me, makes me strong. This word feeds me every day. And the reason why God likens his word to bread is because what bread does to your physical body, the word does to your spiritual edification. And some of you have been fasting way too long. And I'm going to say, imagine, imagine if you only ate on Sunday morning. Like you only ate on Sunday. I'm so glad. Okay, you're in church. So I like to, somebody give God a clap because you're in church. Come on, somebody. Howdy, 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 howdy. So proud of you. But we want to eat God's word daily because imagine if you only ate every Sunday morning, only on Sunday morning. Some of y'all know that by Sunday night, you would be hangry. You're like, what's hangry? That's angry and hungry. Come on now. I'm mad. By Monday, forget it. You're like, I'm mad. By Tuesday, you're bitter. By Wednesday, your breast stink. Come on, somebody. By Thursday, nobody wants to be around you. By Friday, you're barely dragging. Ugh. By Saturday, you're done. But that's how some of our spirits are. Man's not a alone. So that means, God, I got to come get a fresh avocado. If you don't like avocados, uh, lemon, okay? I don't know. Okay. I get it. I, I, I need to be nourished every day. Someone say God's word's living. The scripture says that it's living, it's giving life. You see, the, the, the preacher doesn't make the Bible come to life. The Bible makes the preacher come to life. 
Okay, it doesn't, the, the Bible is, is, it's not me going, wow, no, it's that God's word is already alive. It's, it's living in this way. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, this one will bless somebody. The Lord says, it says, so shall my word that goes forth my mouth, it shall now return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it to do. God says it will produce. Someone say God's word will prosper and will produce in my life. It is never ineffective to read God's word. Number two, the second effect of God's word is that it's powerful. Oh, this is really powerful here. The word powerful in the Greek is actually the Greek word energes, which literally means active power or energy. The Bible says that the word of God is an active power. So the Bible is actually saying that God's word is not just a lie, but it's also an active power. It is literally, uh, it is a source. You know, like the plug that you have uh, in, in your house and you plug in and it's active power. That's why you don't stick forks in there. You don't stick a knife in there. You, see, you know what I'm saying? It's because it's active power. It's, it's, it's power that's being flowed through there and it's waiting for something to connect in order to give it juice. And so the Bible says that this, this is an active power. This is like a plug-in. You get what I'm saying? It's like your plug-in. Now imagine if you only plugged in your iPhone on Sunday. You following me? Yeah. By Tuesday, y'all would be down. I'm like, 1%. I'm on the 1%. Y- y'all know you, go, you start stressing out, Father in heaven, I pray over my phone right now. I need, I need 2%. I, you know what I mean? But, but this is active power. In other words, that when I plug into it, it actually begins to do, 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 do. It fills me up. The Bible says that it is, an, it is an active power to fill my life up. Romans chapter 10, verse 7 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means you connect to it, you put it into it, and it begins to build your life up to where it needs to be. Now, the Bible says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Now, now, now what this means here in, in literal context, sharper than a two-edged sword, it actually means that there, that that that. That, that it's two-sided and it's sharp and many scholars believe it's the Old Testament and the New Testament is both sharp. So don't be like, well, that's the old or that's the new. No, no, it's sharp and there's no blunt side to the Bible. Every word of God is powerful. Say every word of God is powerful. So all of God's word is very powerful. So don't ever read a piece of scripture or think that a piece of scripture can't touch somebody's life. God's word is powerful. And we need to recognize Romans chapter one, the Bible says it like this. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Greek. As we know, Jews are God's chosen people. Then God reaches out to the rest of the world. But the Bible says that we're not ashamed because it's the power of God into salvation. And God's word always works. So we say God's word always works. I'll never forget when I first started my career in, in investments and, and I, I graduated from college and, or I got out of college and I went to investments and I got into, you know, financial and all that stuff. I, I got my, my uh, investment licenses and all that stuff. I also got my driver license school. And so I got my investment license and, and when I got into it, there was this the top broker there. And I remember I would read my Bible and one of the things I would do every time I go to a new company is I always wanted to establish myself that I'm a Christian. Like that's just the way I would witness. So they would invite me to certain places. Nah, why? I so said, I'm not about that. You know, or they tell me, hey, what you do this week? And I'm like, oh, it was nothing. I said, oh, I went to church. It was powerful because I always want to have an, a way to witness to somebody. And they went to church, what a waste of time. I said, no, man, actually build me up. You know, want to come sometime? Nah, I'm good. All right, cool. And so I, I would always, you know what I'm saying? I, I, always, I would operate in a different way because I wanted to show. I got a favor. I'm a, listen, if you're here and you're trying to, you don't have to forsake God's principles to be successful. You do realize that God blesses those who honor him. God will honor them. Can we get a good amen? Okay, somebody? And so I said, I'm, I'm a man of integrity. I don't leave my integrity when I walk into a company. I carry it with me because in the favor of 
Joseph, like Joseph's favor will be on my life and God will always bless those who honor him, right? And so, and so I'm like, I established so I would read my Bible and I would get made fun of by one of the top brokers. You know, he'd be rolling, bawling, you know, and he'd be like, oh man, that Bible ain't gonna work for you. And all this stuff, I'm, I'm talking quick because I got so much time. And so all this stuff, you know, and I'd be like, all right, cool, cool, whatever. And so I'd read my Bible and he'd be like, you still believe in that book? I said, yes, I do. Isn't a book written about man? I said, no, it's a word that's changed my life. And I would, I'd share him a few verses and he'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then he started asking more questions. I'm like, oh, come on, Lord. Come on, somebody, right? And so, and so every time it came from, came from despising to making fun, and then, and then the Holy Spirit said, buy him a Bible. So I, I went to the Bible store, and I got him a Bible, and I put his name on it. And then I just put it on his desk. I didn't say anything. I just put it on his desk. And he goes, could you put this on my desk? And I thought, oh, he's going to get mad at me. <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, thanks. That's all he said. A couple days passed by. He calls me in the middle of the night. I'm like, who's this? Well, not middle of the night, it's like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. He's crying. And he says, Josiah, how did you know? I said, know what? How did you know what I was going through? I said, I don't know anything. He says, last night I couldn't sleep. I just got out of a broken relationship. He was crying. I was thinking about taking my own life. He says, and I just, I, I, I opened that book you gave me because you put my name on it. I just started reading it. I, I, got, I just put it down and I started running in the middle of the night and I ran until I couldn't run no more and I found myself in the middle of a junior high field. And I, 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 I just finally got on my knees and I cried out to God and he touched my heart and it changed my life. He said, I just want to call you to tell you thank you for putting that Bible on my desk. And I'm like, man, what? Wow. Holy Spirit. Shabba, you know. He says, thank you. And he gave his life to God. And, 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 you know, God started working on his life. And what I'm trying to tell somebody this morning is you got to believe in the power of God's word. It is not your word. It is his word. I don't know. Maybe you got to buy a Bible for yourself. Put your own name on it. We got Bibles up here. But you got to get God's word because it's the power of God unto salvation. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It surprised me. I was like, whoa, whoa, it does work. Come on, somebody. Now, not that I didn't believe it worked, but it's like, you know, it's like, wow, praise God. But I'm like, this is powerful. Do you believe God's word? Because here's what it says in the beginning of the scripture in Romans 1. It says, for I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed. What does that mean? That means I don't hide the word. You know, we got undercover Christians. It's like, I'm part of God's army, but I'm part of the CIA. Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> I'm undercover, I'm undercover, I'm undercover. Shh. You're a Christian too, me too. Look, Christian. All right, awesome. <laughs> You're at work. Yeah, believer, believer right here. Shh. All right, cool. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, don't be obnoxious. The Bible says to season your conversation with salt, you know. Everybody, I'm a Christian. I'm like, whoa, okay, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I'm not ashamed because I recognize that the gospel, what's the gospel? It's the good news. It's not bad news. So maybe you heard the gospel wrong. Bad news is that you're going to hell. That's not the gospel. God made a way to heaven. That's the gospel. Let me get a better amen to that. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's not now, is hell real? Yes, hell is real. But the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. What? That Christ came. 
He died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. He took upon all of our, our humanity, our sins, and he offers us forgiveness and that he was buried, but he rose again. And if Jesus rose, you can rise and he lives forevermore and he prepares a place for us in heaven. And if it were not real, he would not have said so. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I carry it, I honor it, I speak it, I quote it. You can quote the Bible and, and, and oh man, I, I gotta finish this message because I got a whole other one I wanna preach next week. It's, 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 you can quote it and it's powerful. Everybody rips off the Bible. What goes around comes around. That's the Bible, man. Okay, the Bible says you reap what you sow. Galatians chapter six and verse seven. Everybody, you know, do unto others, you would do unto you. That's, that's the Bible, that's the golden rule, man. Quit ripping off Jesus, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's from the word. People just rip it off. But you go ahead. It's still powerful. You know, you know they put the 7-7 seven, seven behind it. You know, Matthew. But I, I encourage you that next time someone calls tells you and says, hey, I don't know what to do. Say, here's what the Bible says. Watch what happens. What, you, know what, you know what the Bible says about that? What? And you, you share a verse. <sighs> the power of God. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord. I challenge you next time you've got a big decision to make. Should I do this, Lord, or shouldn't I? Let me go to your word. What does the Bible say? Next time someone tells you some false theology or some type of, some, some idea, sounds real smart, what does the Bible say? It's the power. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. Stronger than a two-edged sword. And then it says, asundering the soul and the spirit. Write this down. Number three, the third effect of God's word is it pierces your soul and your spirit. What does it mean? That means that only the Bible can literally distinguish what is from the soulish realm and what is from the spiritual realm. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. The Greek word for soul is the word uh, a psyche. And what that means is your psychology. And so the Bible says that his word pierces through even the psychology of, of, of what's, trying to, what's trying to indoctrinate you and what's trying to confuse you. That God's word pierces through the soul and the spirit. It literally helps you distinguish what is from God and what is not of God. What is, watch this now. What is human spirit versus Holy Spirit? Because a lot of things can move you. You know, some of you watch America's Got Talent, you're like, oh, that was so powerful. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie, some of my eyes tear up too. That's powerful. But that's not, that's not spirit. That's human spirit, and human spirit is powerful. In fact, you can build a lot with a human spirit. Some of these companies, the human spirit is powerful. But the human spirit cannot change your life. Only the Holy Spirit can. The Word of God distinguishes what is soulish versus what is spiritual. Going, I mean, some of you can watch a movie and you're moved, but it won't change you, it won't transform you. You'll go back to your old ways because it doesn't have no power in it. So God's word distinguishes what is human versus what is holy. And God tells us how to live his life. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Number four, write this down, it divides the joints and the morrow. What does the joints and the marrow mean? The joints literally and the marrow, the marrow is what's inside of your bone. What it's in is the Bible goes into the deep places no surgeon can go and no psychiatrist can go. The word of God goes deep into your life, deep where, where nothing else can touch. God's word can touch that and he can permeate even the deepest places of who you are because God's word 
will develop you. The Word of God will teach us what it is that God wants to do in our lives. I want to close with this. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. Watch what the Bible says. It says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take heart what is written in it because the time is near. The promise of God is that when you, cons- when you consume his word, that the blessing of God comes upon your life. This, is, this will release God's blessing on your life because you're consuming this. Now, of course, Revelation is speaking in context to the book of Revelation, but it's also applicable to the whole scripture, the whole canonization of God's word from Genesis to Revelation. Because in Genesis chapter one, the first thing God did to Adam and Eve, you read it, Genesis chapter one and verse 27, the God, Bible says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. God blesses his people. He spoke his word of blessing. When you read Jesus, you know that Jesus' first sermon on the, on the mount in Matthew chapter five, the eight beatitudes all start with this. Blessed are the ones who, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those that are persecuted for theirs. God always speaks his blessing from his word. Why does God want you to follow his word so you can live under his blessing? Why? Because when I go upon God's word, listen to me now, God's word is I know his truth even when answers are absent. Like for example, certain things you'll never understand. Like why, why, is, why, are every, why is everything in pieces? I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do know. All things come together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Romans chapter eight and verse 28. Talk to me somebody. Why, why are you so sorrowful? Why are you crying? I, I don't know why some of you uh, might feel that such a heaviness, but I'll tell you what I do know, that sorrow may last for a night, but joy cometh in the morning, the Bible says. See, somebody's gonna get it. Somebody's gonna get it. Man, I don't know why my friend backstabbed me. I don't know why my friend let me. Maybe you don't know why somebody let you down. I don't know either. I don't know why. There's no reason for it. I can't put that together. But I'll tell you what I do know. There is one who sticks closer than a brother. There is one who will never leave you and never forsake you. His, see, it's in the Word. Come on, somebody. You might have lost your job. You might have got furloughed. You might even know when business sales are going to come back. You don't know how you're going to pay your rent. You got more month than money. Come on. You're like, man, we're down to avocado. You're down to beans and rice and Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. You're like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I'll tell you what I do know, that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and his glory. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. You might have walked in here. You're like, pastor, I don't got no strength. I barely rolled out of bed and just got here, you know? Like, I just, I mean, somebody like, you might have cared about my hair, my makeup. I just came to church. I don't even got enough strength to get up and walk out, I think. I don't know. Why do I feel so drained? I don't know either, but I'll tell you what I do know. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, somebody. Put your fist back up. Get God's strength in your life and say, I got Philippians 4, 13. Devil, you can't get me down because I got the living, powerful word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword, asundering the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow, and it discerns the word of God. Somebody give God praise in the house of God. I want you just to lift your hands. Be seated as you're seated. Put your hands like this. Say this. Say, I don't know. But what I do know is your word. And say, and that's all I need. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Thank you. Say, your word is a light unto my path. 
and a lamp unto my feet. Say, change my perspective, Lord, about your word. It's living and it's powerful. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Come on, let's sing this out. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.